0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Can you believe this? Oh, out of them. Say it with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Bunny off. into a bucket. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. Welcome in, and what the Pell is up, everybody. This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Before we get started, make sure you are subscribed and you follow, depending on where you are listening to this podcast, and if you are on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave that rate and review. Once again, that really helps us out, gets a little bit of that exposure out there for us and... Gives you the opportunity to tell us what you think of the show. So, just go ahead and scroll down to the bottom. Leave that five-star review, preferably, and let us know why you left it. Also, make sure to tell a friend about the pod. We are, uh, we've been growing and we're kind of hitting, leveling off here. So, we're just continuing to try to grow the podcast as much as possible. So, thank you very much for doing any of those things. Anywho... It has been a hot sec since we recorded our last episode, about, I think, three or four days, so uh, a lot has happened, believe it or not, in the NBA offseason that tends to go that way, and and here we are in the offseason in November, which is something that we've never really experienced before, other than the lockout, but that was about 10 years ago and quite different of a situation, so... Here we are. We talked a lot about the Drew Holiday situation, a little bit about the draft, and we're going to get into that a whole lot in the next coming days, as it is a week away. Talked about the coaching staff and how the rest of the season is going to unfold. and We're going to hit all that stuff today and and get into a little bit more depth as uh, we're starting to learn a few more things here, a few things around the league. So, Of course, we're going to start off with the Drew Holiday situation as that has continued to... I don't want to say explode, but continue to grow and grow. And other teams are talking about what it would take to go get him and and, uh, whether they're playoff contenders or not. And, you know, we're talking about Atlanta and and the Mavs possibly being contenders for an NBA title, depending on their defense. And if they want to go get Giannis, and it's the same thing for Miami. And apparently there's like 10 teams that have called the Pels to look into it. Obviously not enough uh, teams are are offering quite what the, the Pelicans want, but, here we are, and it's still a continued conversation. It may very well happen before draft night. It could happen on draft night. It could happen before the season starts. And then, if the season starts, I'm assuming it's gonna be postponed until the trade deadline. But we'll see what happens. Anywho, some more news coming out about that, and that this was a few days ago from the Zach Lowe's podcast, The Lowe Post, and. We talked about this before. The the three teams that I see really making a push for Drew Holiday that can really offer the most, at least in a two-way trade, two-team trade rather than a three-team trade, is going to be the Brooklyn Nets, the the Denver Nuggets, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, Lowe, who is an NBA insider, he's the one real analyst that I can think of off the top of my head that just everybody loves. He's just great at what he does, and that's Zach Lowe. and. He said the three teams that he sees being able to offer something up or that will offer something up is the Nets, the Nuggets, and then the Warriors rather than the Bucks. So kind of on the same train of thought there. But he brought up potential packages each of these teams could put forth or would put forth. And, you know... I've gotten a little bit of flack for the trades that I've brought up on the podcast. I tend not to do it on Twitter because everybody just attacks you <laughs> on Twitter, which, fine, everybody believes a few different things. But I've, I've gotten a little bit of flack for my uh, Drew Holiday trades, but I'm not a fan of the ones that Lowe put up. I, I think, no pun intended, he was kind of lowballing it for... For the Pelicans other than really this one trade with the Brooklyn Nets, which they continue to be the, the main team that I see really making a push for Drew and actually having the assets to come and get him. And he said what the offer could be or would be would be Karis Levert, quote, and stuff. And and Lowe seems to believe that Levert is the best tangible player <coughs> So not picks, uh, best tangible player uh, the Pels could get in a trade for Drew Holiday, which I pretty much agree, unless you're looking at you know Spencer Dinwiddie, who could continue to grow, Andrew Wiggins, depending on what you believe about him, but you also got to factor in the contract there, and and we'll get to that. But he by stuff he meant like I said, picks and other assets like Spencer Dinwiddie, Garrett Temple, Torian Prince, and, and those guys in that guard one to three kind of position. He he doesn't really see the the Pels going for a power forward from Brooklyn or even Jarrett Allen, like, has been a topic of conversation for a lot of Pelicans fans, a lot of Pelicans media, and, and for me especially. I, I mentioned I like Jarrett Allen because he's basically just a step up, uh, well, a pretty freaking big step up Derek Favors in terms of doing a lot of the same things, but still being young, athletic, and fit. And Lowe doesn't like it because of the similarities to Jackson Hayes, which I thought about and I understand because I I talked about it the last time we we brought this up, and I said I like the similarities because it's just a a plug and play, it's a rotate in and out, and you're getting the same thing, but the same thing doesn't include spacing for Zion. The same thing doesn't include – I mean, you want differing things from your starting – big and your backup big if you can because that way you can adjust to what the other team's doing so that makes sense that that was just that went over my head I didn't even think about it but um I like Allen I I like him a lot uh I I think I don't necessarily think he's the greatest fit because of that inability to shoot but he's good at what he does and if the Pels want to continue to play a a, a straight up big like they did with Derek Favors I think Allen is an immediate upgrade from Jackson Hayes It just depends on where the Pels sit with Jackson Hayes. And, you know, I watched his summer league tape last night to get a little bit of hope about Jackson Hayes. And we know he's got all the tools. We say that all the time. He's got all the tools. It's just about putting it together. And he's young, and and you got to give him time. So it's just very dependent on where he's at in his head if if SVG can get through to him and say, you've got a lot to grow on the defensive end and I can help you. So it may very well happen, uh, but... In going after Jarrett Allen, Pels are probably going to have to give up Jackson Hayes in a situation like that one way or another because the Nets may very well want a center. Obviously, it's a possibility that they play KD at the five there in Brooklyn, but I'm not sure what the Pels want to do with... Jackson Hayes, or or if they're even interested in Jarrett Allen, given the the circumstances, and if they're really going the short route and don't think they'd be in a position to re-sign Jarrett Allen or want to re-sign Jarrett Allen, they very well could just bring back Derek Favors. And I mean, we saw a post from Favors on Instagram where he was wearing Pelicans gear again, so it's a possibility, and we'll get into that a little bit more later on in today's episode. Also, before we move off from the Nets. You know, I'd love Dinwiddie. I think he is borderline all-star. Scored 20 points a game last year. I mean, he's not great defensively, but he's a scorer, and he gets to the bucket and he finishes, unlike another point guard that we know, and I mentioned that last episode. But he is on an expiring deal. He is getting towards the end of his contract that he's currently on, and let's see here, going to spot track really quick if my internet... Would load. We're going to see here. He has two years left on his contract. This upcoming year is a player option, though. So 2021 is a player option. So And then he's an undrafted free agent in 2022. So there's options there. You could bring him back if you if you get him to a decent deal. But at the same time, should the Pels feel like they have a, a hefty opening for a max contract, they want to go sign somebody, they can do that after... Guys like Dinwiddie leave, uh, get a get another wing or, or get a start point guard or, or something to that effect. So you got options. There's also Garrett Temple, who is also on an expiring contract. I think he's a solid off the bench shooting guard, small ball three. He's six five. I think he's one ninety five. But uh, and he's also a little bit older. Add some age to this team, experience to this team, but also not going to be around for super long. So so I think that the Temple addition would make sense. Torian Prince is twenty six. That, that addition would make some level of sense. Well, again, heard from Billy Reinhardt that he believes that Prince is a negative asset. I, I haven't seen a lot on him, but I'll, I'll get deeper into it as we go. And I'll definitely get deeper into it should the Pels acquire him. But uh, that's the Nets. That's what uh, Lowe Lo brought up. He didn't really get into too much detail about what the and stuff would look like, the picks. But, I mean, you, you read the tea leaves. You know, this is what the the Nuggets or, or excuse me the Nets probably would have to, to offer and what they'd be willing to give up. And, and if they give up that 19th pick, I like that a lot. You can get Desmond Bain or, or maybe Tyrese Maxey in this year's NBA draft. So, so some options with the Nets. I think the Nets offer the most options. So if there is a team that makes a play for Drew Holiday and really catches the Pell's attention, I'm going to assume it's going to be the Nets. Anywho. Lowe did go into these two other teams, talk about the Nuggets. And, and I tweeted about this yesterday, about the Locked On Nuggets podcast and the DNVR Nuggets podcast with Harrison Wind, who we had on probably a couple months ago now in our Drew Holiday trade series. But the continued grouping packaging that you're looking at getting from the Nuggets is going to be centered around Gary Harris. And I don't think any Pelicans fan wants that. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, he's he's good. He is good. He can be an elite defender. He can be an excellent shooter. But it's about consistency. I mean, this last year was just Ugh. two years ago. Great. He got paid, and then the, you know, so. But Lowe goes into the deal, and he says it's going to be Harris, Bull, Bull, and Picks is what he sees the the guys from the nuggets had mentioned locked on nuggets had mentioned Will Barton being in there and Monte Morris. I'm pretty sure low brought up Monte Morris as well and and then picks. So it, it's going to be the the Gary Barton bull bull Will Barton Monte Morris kind of crew. I've heard from DNVR Nuggets the idea of sign and trade for Jeremy Grant, then they retracted it. They don't want to do that. The consensus seems to be that MPJ's not on the table. In a trade with the Nuggets, which makes sense to me. If they really feel like they have a future with him and, and can continue sustained success, you got to retain him rather than going older and shoot for the title now with Drew Holiday. So it's fair. I mean, I understand it. I think from the Nuggets perspective, I'd probably be in the sim- same situation. I, I I'm assuming I would say the same thing. I mean, it's it's tough because we're all coming into this with our own biases. I mean, you look at, (laughs) you look at David Fisher's Twitter over the last month or so and talking drew holiday trades, Pelicans fans hate every single one he brings up. And, uh, the opposing teams generally tend to think that the, their teams would be given up too much too. So (laughs) you can't please anybody with, with trade offers really. Um, there's the occasional person that's like, yeah, I like that. And it's very, very rare. And I didn't mean to mock that person, but it's it doesn't happen very frequently. So, yeah. I mean, Harris is injury prone, didn't have a great season last year. Bowl is unproven. How many picks are you getting? I mean, if, if Lowe is accurate and he says, Gary Harris, Bowl, Bowl, and picks is all you're going to be getting – it better be a freaking bevy of non-lottery protected picks. I mean, better not be top 10 protected picks. Top five, top three, I understand. But these got to be good picks. You don't know if Bowl Bol is going to pan out. We talked about this on this last episode. I mean, they got to include their 22nd pick from this year's draft. They got plenty of, of talent on their roster this year. They don't need any more. Especially if they get Drew Holiday. Give us that 19th pick. Or excuse I think I said 19th pick I I already meant 22nd pick from it's it's from the Rockets this this year and Pels if they can get a second pick there and then move up get the 13th to 22nd 13th 19th 13th 24th what have you and move up in this year's draft we've been told they want to do that and I'll get into that again at the end of today's episode but Nuggets are going to have to give up more than they want to. Because Pel- New Orleans can't take a package centered around Gary Harris. They just can't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Gary Harris plus Jeremy Grant. Gary Harris plus MPJ. Done. Done and done. Sign me up. Are they willing to give that up? I doubt it. Jeremy Grant plus. Bowl, bowl, and a pick, done. Jeremy Grant plus picks, done. Jeremy Grant plus Bowl, bowl, probably done for me. Gary Harris isn't going to cut it. He's just not. If the Pels can get the Gary Harris of old, that's great. But I'm not taking that risk. If I'm David Griffin, not taking that risk. Not worth it. To give up Drew Holiday, one of the franchise's best players of all time, I don't think so. I do not think so. Not for one minute. And sorry, Nuggets fans. Not lowballing us on, on Drew Holiday. You're just not. For the Warriors, the the topic of conversation has continued to be this same thing. It's been Andrew Wiggins in, and that second pick. And and what Lowe said is that the Pels would need to give up the 13th pick as well in this year's NBA draft. And they have those three picks in the second round so they could package those and then move up and get another young guy in the middle of the second or the or the top of the second two so you'll have a second pick not just the number two pick overall if this were to happen because i don't think they're going to bring in four young guys this year that just wouldn't make sense the thing about wiggins i i like wiggins more than the average person i think he's underrated is he going to have a huge impact on your team? Can he be your number one option? No. I mean, we saw that in Minnesota. He just, that's just not who he is. Can he be complimentary? I think so. I mean, he's a good shooter. He's a decent defender. He and BI next to each other would be kind of funky. That'd be an interesting fit. I'd be, again, interested to see how SVG could put that together. Um, I, I mean, he provides spacing for Zion. I, I like him. I, I, he's long he fits really well with the, with the Warriors and Cyrus Sotsas of the Warriors 24 podcast seems to believe they don't want to give him up, which fair. But I mean, everybody else seems to think that the wa- Warriors would be willing to give him up to improve their perimeter defense. So there's that. The other thing about Wiggins is that his contract is whew, it is it is hefty. To say the least. So we're going into 2021. He's scheduled to make 29 and a half million dollars next season. 2021-2022, 31 and a half. 2022-2023, he's scheduled to make 33 and a half million dollars. So that's eating up some cap. If you can, I mean, if the Pels can do something about that, I don't know how. Maybe they flip Andrew Wiggins for somebody else too, or, or more. Picks? I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know who's going to want to take on that contract. I mean, maybe the Hawks. We've been talking about the Hawks wanting to go get a veteran, so... Maybe they're willing to give up something. The Dwayne Dedman, Kevin Herter, number six pick kind of thing that we've been talking about with Drew Holiday. It's a possibility. I don't know. That's all speculation. But if we're just looking at this as a two-team trade, not doing any flips with with Wiggins, I don't know how Pelicans want to take on that contract. But at the same time, I don't know how else they would make this work money-wise. It, it, the trade, obviously the the Warriors have the trade exception, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a cap expert, so forgive me. But I don't know how else they'd make the money work. It's funky. Uh, and I don't know how the the Warriors would make it work with Drew Holiday, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Eric Pascal. That's just a lot of names and a lot of mouths to feed. Obviously, they've done that before, so maybe I'm preemptively saying something about that. But... I like and I don't like the idea of having the number two pick because there's a lot of things the Pels could do with that. And having the 13th pick plus the 19th pick, you can package those, move up, and I'm talking about the Nets or the Nuggets, you can get their 22nd pick. Packaging those and moving up to like eight or moving up to like six or seven, that's going to be the ideal spot. Number two I just don't know if the Pels get the value they want at number 2. The first person that you think of, at least I think of at number 2 for the Pelicans is James Wiseman. I think I mean you you get your young center. He's a guy who can shoot, shot selection isn't great, puts the ball on the floor probably too much. I he, think he's I think he thinks he's more skilled with the ball than he actually is, which fine. I mean he's a young guy. You, you can teach him a lot about about that and about his Willingness to pass the ball and all that stuff. He's just, he's really talented. Having two young centers on your roster isn't necessarily fantastic. Not necessarily something you want, Uh, obviously. I mean, in this league, it takes longer for centers to develop than other positions, if you ask me. I mean, you don't see star centers at, at a young age anymore. It just doesn't happen. So Wiseman's my first choice, but then there's that fit with Jackson Hayes. There's, How do you make that work? Edwards, if the Pelicans believe in him, Anthony Edwards, that the, the shooting guard from Georgia, he could be something. We didn't see great stuff from him in at Georgia. He's just really, really athletic. Didn't really elevate Georgia to what they should have been if he's going to be that star. He, he thinks he's Dwayne Wade, I guess, or thinks he can be Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's my favorite player of all time, so ugh, that's a stretch for me. Onyeka Kungwu, another guy who can't really shoot, but is pretty skilled at the center position, super athletic, been likened to Bam Adebayo, so there's that, and then there's Killian Hayes, and, and Kevin O'Connor, one of my NBA guys, really loves Killian Hayes, he's his number one guy on his big board, a lot of people love Killian Hayes, Jake Madison likes him, David Fisher likes him, but that number two pick might be a bit of a reach, because I mean, he shot twenty nine percent from three last year in the German German league that he played in. You get a point guard that can't shoot. Ugh. You know, that's uh... <laughs> the Falcons kind of already had that at least to some level with Lonzo, who obviously got better. But I, I like I like Hayes and I like him a lot. But based on the value in this year's draft, I think it makes more sense to. Take Hayes at the five, six, seven, eight range rather than at number two. And if there's a team out there that really likes that number two position to get Wiseman, you can trade back, acquire some more picks. With who's ever at six, seven, eight, you know the the Knicks, the Pistons, and the Cavs. I want to say I think the Cavs are five. It doesn't matter. Or you can get Denny at Diva Avdia, that might be a good pick at two. I don't know. There's I, I don't think this one happens. I don't think the Warriors one happens because it's just kinda clunky. Wiggins, the the fit next to BI isn't great. He costs a lot of money. Number two pick is kinda awkward for where they want to pick and or for who they'd want to fit to their roster. And I think it's the least likely, especially of these three. I just don't think it makes sense. It just doesn't make sense. So there's your update on that. I mean, we haven't heard a whole lot other than that from from Zach Lowe on his podcast. So in reference to Drew Holiday anyway, I mentioned those other things from the Nuggets podcast and I'm going to continue to try to find some other stuff from, from Nets podcasts and stuff like that to share with you to see what uh, the other teams are thinking. And more than likely, I might talk about it briefly here on the podcast, but I'll put it up on Twitter. That's for sure. Now... Here's another thing about the Pelicans going forward is that they're still looking for more coaching candidates, more people to add to the coaching staff in New Orleans. And there's there's one thing that we got to address here and that is Will Weaver is in America. We know Will Weaver is the NBL coach for the Sydney Kings. You know I love him. You know I want him to be the associate head coach for the Pelicans next to SVG, and he is in America. His uh, Kings team in Sydney released a statement saying he was granted permission to travel to the States to do in-person interviews for jobs in the NBA. Now, the one thing about that for the Pelicans is that the Oklahoma City Thunder are continuing to consider him for the head coaching position there in Oklahoma City, which, damn it, that sucks. And the thing about that is that I have heard personally, I mean, you know I'm not a Thunder expert, but I have heard very little about any other coaching candidate there for a hot sec. I mean, we heard names like Sam Cassell and Kenny Atkinson, who are now off the market. And then there was David Vanterpool, who I think he is the associate head coach in Minnesota, I want to say, he who was also a candidate for the Pelicans job for a little while. But other than that, I mean, I haven't heard much. Maybe Chris Finch could be their guy who is no longer, uh, according to Shaman, Dua is no longer with the team, the Pelicans, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But that these are it's a, dichot- it's a dichotomy these are the only options i don't see will weaver going to houston i see him being with the pelicans or with the thunder the thunder are a good structured young team they got shea gilgius alexander they got all those picks they're going to be loaded for a while i mean they got dort They got some vets and and steven adams and and chris paul is is still there so there's some winning to be done yet and they're trying to build sustainable success and will weaver is a young coach who is on the cutting edge of things and can do a lot for for building sustained success even in the nba and it's a possibility that he goes there i don't think any pelicans fans want that but it's a possibility and we have to recognize it so there's that but we also have to look at, at look at it from a, a glass half full perspective and say that there is a possibility he could be added to the Pelican staff here soon. So crossing our fingers, Pels fans, if you're a believer, send up some prayers. I'm doing a Catholic thing right now with the cross, and I'm not even Catholic, but Will Weaver would be dubbed to have on the staff. I think he's very, very complimentary to SVG, and I think that would be a really fun hire for the Pels. It'd be... The Sexy Hire, unlike Bob Beyer, which if you haven't heard about Bob Beyer, got added to the staff this last week, and we have a podcast up about him as well just a few episodes ago. Now, Like I said, Pelicans have dismissed Jamel McMillan and likely to be Chris Finch too. The Jamel McMillan story is from Christian Clark at NOLA.com. Chris Finch, again, from Shamit Dua. So they're really cleaning house, going with SVG staff. But the one they are not cleaning house for is Fred M. F. and Vincent. Can I get a big old yeet? This man is a miracle worker, fixed Lonzo's and B.I.'s shooting stats. I mean, just look at their form comparatively Lonzo three-point percentage went from 33% to 37.5%. Free throw percentage went from 41.7% to 56.6%. Brandon Ingram's went from 33 to 39 three-point percentage, and his attempts more than quadrupled. His free throw percentage went to six from 67.5 to 85.1. That does not happen. That's almost 20% in one season. That. That shit does not happen it just doesn't in the NBA Fred Vincent that man knows how to fix a sh- a jump shot a free throw sh- his free throw percentage three point percentage Good Lord and we've been talking about Vincent for a while in terms of like draft picks and, and free agents because uh, like the sentiment has been if you bring back Fred Vincent he can fix their jump shot if you bring back Fred Vincent he can make them a better shooter so we've been talking about Mo Harkless bringing on this on this uh on this coming year's team for, via free agency. Patrick Williams from Florida State, Devin Vassell from Florida State, who both have decent enough mechanics to where you know you can fix it, but you bring Fred Vincent in and you can definitely fix it. And if you got him working with those guys prior to games like he did with Lonzo, like he did with BI this last year, that's uh, that's a recipe for success, to say the least. And, and you'll love... I mean, I heard it from Dotson first, uh, Christopher Dotson from Forbes, and then Andrew Lopez was the one who broke it. But it's some really good news, folks. I mean, see you later, Chris Finch. See you later, Jamel McMillan. Chris Finch is a guy who I like enough. We have a podcast on him too. I don't know a lot about McMillan other than the fact that he's Nate's brother, former head coach for the Pacers. So, yeah. Yeah. Even if Weaver gets signed elsewhere, even if the Pels don't get their desired staff, at least we got Fred Vinson, fam. Thank God for that. Yeah, man, I said it. He is a miracle worker, and I thought that was an exaggeration the first time I said it, but that was not an exaggeration. If that dude can fix Lonzo Ball's jump shot, he can fix anybody's jump shot. (laughs) So, some good news in all the craziness for the New Orleans Pelicans. Other news that, personally, I was not expecting at all is that the tentative plan for the NBA, and the NBA Players Association has kind of accepted this, I guess, is the word on the street, according to Brian Windhorst. The draft will remain November 18th. Free agency be November 20th through the 22nd. Training camp will start December 1st. And the start of the NBA season will be December 22nd. So we will have basketball on Christmas Day here in 2020. So with that timeline that I've outlined there, free agency being after the draft, November 20th to 22nd. Free agency's already started. Like, (laughs) rules are not, believe that. Teams are talking, players are talking to their assistants, sorry, to their agents, agents are talking to teams, that's just, that's what's happening. Whether the NBA wants to acknowledge it, wants to do something about it, it's going to happen and it's going to happen probably with every single team throughout the NBA. Still. It's, a, it's 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 uh November 9th here. Season starts in 6 weeks. Free agency probably started a little bit ago, probably October. This is still pretty damn short period. Usually you get June to November for the off season. This off season was 2 months from from the finals to December. So, that's pretty damn short. That is really damn short. And the question for me, even though, <clears throat> like I said, free agency's already started, is does this lessen the likelihood of players signing elsewhere, unless a team is just like straight up, we don't want you back, you know, the, the J.J. Redick, the Jimmy Butler situation from Philly last year, I mean, do you really want to uproot your family and move and join a new team and a new staff and a new system in two months? In the middle of a pandemic? I don't. Do you want to pick up and move somewhere where you know nobody? In the middle of a pandemic? Other than, I mean, you, you might know teammates in a situation like this because you've played against them or been teammates before in, in college, what have you. But this is another moment where we have to consider the human factor. Yes, they're millionaires. Yes, they can afford it. Yes, they can move into a place where they desire and and maybe some of them don't have families or what have you. But moving is not easy. Even if you're loaded. It's just not. I mean, you don't know the city. You don't know the people. You don't know the system. It's a lot. And for for the Pelicans, this may mean the Pels are more likely to run it back with the majority of their core than we thought. You know, the core that we're looking at this coming season is Zion, B.I., Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball... You know, (laughs) there's the guys like Nicolo Melli, who will be back unless he's traded. And then, and then what? I mean, you look at the roster and the needs that the Pels have, should they not go into free agency? I mean, I think it increases the likelihood that they bring back Derek Favors, that they bring back Etwan Moore, Jaleel Okafor, hopefully not Frank Jackson, (laughs) Hopefully they get a guy like DJ Augustine or, or draft somebody. But I could really see Derek, Faber coming, Derek Favors coming coming back. I could really see Etuan Moore coming back. Jaleel Okafor looked pretty good in the bubble from when he got to play. I mean, also for the Pelicans in, in this short period... This is a really quick turnaround to get an entire new staff to have these draft picks, to have some room to move in free agency. I mean, with, with this staff, they haven't even gotten all their staff. They got SVG, they got Fred Vincent, they got Bob Beyer, and that's it. And with Stan Van Gundy, we know New Orleans is going to be in boot camp for a little while. They're going to be learning the defense, what SVG expects from them, installing the offense. It's going to be a completely different system, and this is a young team. When I say boot camp, it's not going to be hell, but they're going to be... It's going to be school. This is going to be school for a little while. And Pelicans fans are going to need to be patient. Whether we... Pelicans fans like it or not, this team will miss some of its continuity, especially if Drew's traded. That will be a hell of a lot less continuity if Drew's traded. And I didn't mention Drew in in the core because we don't know if he's going to be back or not. If he is back, he is part of that core, obviously. But you take out Drew, maybe another piece in a trade, Jackson Hayes, continuity, out the window. To a degree. I mean, you still got the majority of your core, but Drew is a big part of that core. And if you don't bring back Derek Favors, you don't bring back Etwan Moore, I mean, where's your leadership coming from? You can get it from your coach, which is great, SVG, but you got to have some voice in the locker room. J.J. Reddick, yeah, he's been that guy. He has to be that guy. He has to be another level of that guy should this happen. It this short window to learn, short window for SVG to to really get acclimated to to bring some lessons to this team, and on top of that, the lack of continuity on the staff, other than Fred Vinson, and a decent amount of the players probably not coming back unless you know the the favors, the Etwan Moore, the Julie Cavor's return. This is going to be New Orleans' version of Trust the Process. It just is. It's a very different version of Trust the Process because Trust the Process in Philly involved tanking, and that's not what the Pelicans are going for here, obviously. They're going for win now because they hired Stan Van Gundy. But culture, defense, and winning does not get instilled overnight. All of those things just don't. Brandon Ingram and Zion are not going to be excellent defenders starting December 22nd. They're just not. And to reiterate... We don't even know what the Pell, the Pell's roster is going to be looking like for the, I mean, I mean, we know half of it, really, right? We don't know if Drew's coming back. We don't know what their picks are going to look like for sure. We don't know if they're going to be able to get free agents or free agents that contribute. This is going to be a hell of an off season, folks, and it's already been a hell of an off offseason hiring Stan Van Gundy and the rest of what's been the staff. Trades are going to be coming. I I can almost guarantee it. Whether it includes Drew Holiday or not, I don't know. Trades are going to be coming through the draft. It's going to be Drew Holiday or the draft. One or the other or both. And in the draft, what I mean is packaging those picks and moving up. But a lot's going to happen. A lot's going to (sighs) happen. Oh. And it stresses me out just thinking about it. But it's going to be really fun, too, on the podcast. I hope you, you come back and, and listen to podcasts when we uh, break all of it down. So, folks, thanks for tuning in today. We'll be back again tomorrow. I'll be recording with Garrett Corpening talking about potential Drew Holiday trades with the Los Angeles Clippers. Hopefully, that'll be recorded today. That's what our plan was. But we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, that'll be getting to you tomorrow. Again, make sure you go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. You leave a rate and review Do it! on Apple Podcasts, should you be listening there. And if you are listening there, make sure you subscribe. And if you're listening elsewhere, you follow depending on which platform you're listening on. Also, go follow the Bird Rights on Twitter. Go check out their website, thebirdrights.com. Hopefully, I'll be having a draft article up here soon. There, go check out believe.com and all their other Believe affiliated podcasts. Fam, you the best. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,